Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, snacking on Brunello's while watching the Academy Awards, it's Arturo Zurita. You can't talk about anything else when you got your face stuffed with all of the nominees that we had yesterday. We told y'all that we were going to be snacking on a bunch of stuff for the Oscars, which we're, we're going to be going through, but uh, what a show, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I know the Oscars is your refuge, bro. That is your that is your Super Bowl of the year. Yeah. People make their whole channels, their whole things about this. Mm-hmm. And it hit last night. <laughs> a little bit differently, I think. A little bit differently. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think for a lot of people, the Oscars are a thing that even if they are this frustrating institution that doesn't always, like, line up uh, aesthetically or in terms of what they want to award with what we think is valuable, like... I think the Oscars do represent something that, uh, to someone like me, is really important and something that I, I really value. And I don't know, man, it, it was a bit depressing to see what the what it had turned into last night because that's, um, that's not the award show that I think brought me so much love and in, in, in so much happiness when I was growing up uh, uh-huh. and not the, not the kind of show where, as somebody who, when I was becoming a film fan and... I, I found these mainstream movies were not to my taste, and then these other movies that were being celebrated at a place like the Oscars were, like, that. that's no longer a safe space to enjoy those films anymore. Uh, so, yeah, I, to me, this is, a, this is a pretty low low for a lot of reasons. Bro, Coda winning wasn't that bad. Come on now. <laughs> There was a lot of awards that were given out last night uh, that I think we're kind of split. We will be talking about, obviously, the uh, elephants in the room. <laughs> I forget they're Madagascar, too, man. I guess, we'll get to the chase. Of, I know that there's a big element that uh, happened last night to talk about that kind of overshadowed a lot of the awards. Yeah, e- yeah. Even for the people involved. And uh, with this being a movie podcast, obviously, we have to cover everything that happens at the event. But uh, we're also going to get into all the movies and stuff. So, Zach... Take it away. Where do you want to begin with this? I mean, I kind of think we should just get the elephant out of the way so that we can actually focus on the things that we care about, right? Like, it, it's it's just, it's the moment that it, everybody's talking about. It, it's the... It's, it's I've always the, been a rock guy. <laughs> now I have to choose paper, bro. Exactly, right? Like, it's... It, you <laughs> Paper defeated it in the, in this matchup, I guess. Uh, the... It's an intensely viral moment. The Academy was desperate to increase their television ratings, and they are up. Uh, but I don't know if they wanted it like this. And, uh, you know, it, it's a clip yeah, that's been widely, widely distributed. Um, and, and seems like the, it's going to kind of, like, create some buzz for the Oscars uh, as a television product. So so good for them for, for getting people to tune in, I guess, to a celebration of, of movies. What did Will Packer say? Will Packer, who produced the show came out and he said that there's going to be a couple of surprises for y'all. And after the festival, or the festival, after the uh, ceremony was done, he came out and he said, I told you, it wouldn't be boring. Uh, for those who don't know, Will Packer, who did produce the show, he's really good friends with the Smiths. So uh, for those who don't realize, these big ceremonies that are logged on IMDb do have rehearsals on Saturdays. <laughs> Everything was rehearsed on Saturday, except one little bit. Uh, so it was really interesting to have this moment that a lot of people didn't know if it was real, if it was not, some people still don't know if it was real, if it was not. A lot of the tensions that were there. I don't know if Chris Rock knows if it was real, if it was if it was not. Uh, but it was definitely a moment that uh, 
surprisingly tops the Moonlight bit. Yeah. Uh, I think in Oscars history, we've had, for me, that, I, that I'm aware of, the streaker exactly. that happened. Uh, we have that moment where the indigenous woman went up to accept the award and they booed her. Mm-hmm. Um, There's Adele <laughs> Dazeem in terms of Adele Dazeem. Bro, a standing O for a man who was in exile <laughs> after winning Best Director. For pedophilia. And then what happened last night? Yeah, and then what happened last night? I think that's topped it for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting going back and seeing it frame by frame when you're going through everybody's reactions, when you're going through the fact that there was a couple of other uh, hair jokes when it came to LeBron James early on in the show. There's been a lot of uh, throw uh, jokes thrown over at the, the Smith's way. And I guess this was the one where he decided, you know what? I am done with that crying meme. Y'all going to get a new meme. Yeah. And, uh, hey, if that was the case, when he went up there and he did that, he knew he was not going to get any repercussions for that. Yeah. I agree that when someone says a joke that's out of line, of course there's repercussions with that. Brian, I didn't know there was repercussions for a slap. Uh, for me, I guess my thing is, obviously, you're going to defend your woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn, bro, I was thinking, what's Uncle Phil thinking about? Yeah. You know, Uncle Phil's rolling in his grave the way that Chris Rock rolled with his punches last night. But, like, I don't know, given the speech, I felt really weird, uh, especially with the documentary competition being what was uh, getting announced at that moment in time and taking that moment away from Questlove, especially with what that movie's about. Especially with what King Richard's about, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I listened to this man's audiobook, dude, and I guess that's what caught me off guard. I know the man's from West Philly, born and raised, and on the playground. I guess is that I, that's how he spent most of his days. But I, yo, if the ratings is what they wanted, and if that was something that was still rehearsed, and they still knew that it was going to be something that bothered people, look, I don't know what what Will Packard had in mind, but when he said there was going to be surprises, Zach, what was the surprise then? I mean, I don't think this was a this was a, a planned bit at all. I think this was completely. Oh, I'm not genuine. saying planned. Yeah. But but damn, Chris Rock, I think took that like a champ when he was up there. Yeah. The fact that he kind of had that little Drake moment where he's like, "Ooh," he literally he said, "Ooh, I ooh, I oughta, yeah. ooh, I can," and then just kept it in. So I'm very curious, like that Drake song we never got, what he was thinking of saying because he was looking at them mm-hmm. like he had he had Yo. something. He had something like, "I feel like y'all already knew this bit." I feel like he already he knows a lot more from them, mm-hmm. um, but hey, there's a lot of other details in the background. How you handle a scenario uh, is up to the people who are there present. Look, we, we're not Judd Apatow. <laughs> Judd Apatow went crazy last night. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think it was to that degree. Um, but yeah, no, I think in terms of the ceremony itself, definitely took away from something that yo, I know Will Smith was in Ali, but I think with the words that he could have said during his speech, uh, I think he could have put Chris Rock more into his place but i mean you're seeing it right there it's the meme everyone shared i never stick with the news afterwards man the news reported on this every mm-hmm. like they would cut the commercial break they would come to this or cut the commercial break it was like you remember those uh fliporama books with captain underpants like they were literally just playing the clip like that it was boom boom just like that batman bit um Shout out Questlove, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ultimately, I think the thing that's really frustrating is that this is a moment uh, that ends up overshadowing so much. And it, 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 in dealing with it in the way that uh, Smith chose to, it, it ultimately, it, it's putting it, it's putting his needs in that moment above the needs of everybody else in that, that room, above everybody else watching at home, like, infic- inflicting that secondhand trauma on everybody watching. Like, I, I just, like... It, it, I, there's so many ways to to deal with a problem, and I feel like that was such a counterproductive, narcissistic 
uh, ego-driven way of doing uh, doing it. I, I think there's a fantastic piece that uh, just got published in Anscape by Soraya McDonald uh, that talks a little bit uh, about uh, how he chose to process this moment and what it, what it was like. And I, I would point people to that. I, I just retweeted it on my uh, Twitter. But you know, it's ultimately like like you're saying. You know, we're not we're not gonna go Judd Apatow or Jim Gaffigan on this and say, talk about like, oh, they, where, where were the police or, or this is assault or anything like that. Like, I'm not trying to throw, throw uh, around words that I'm like not that good at being able to define, but I, I, the thing that I do know, like absent of like ethics or morals or whatever, and like, I'm sorry for, for cursing, like I just, I'm in a bad place with this, but like, I, it just made me feel shitty and, and it was shitty to watch. It was it was shitty to put this in front of everybody to air this out in front of everybody to, to see one of the one of my favorite movie stars hit uh, one of my one of my favorite comedians like it's it's shitty and it it it's terrible like I I know I know that people are enjoying the memes and enjoying the discussion around it but I it's a I think it's a terribly sad display to happen in the middle of what should be a celebration of you know the craft of film so it it made me feel bad. Is, is basically what I felt. And again, to counter that, uh, Chris Rock was out of line for the joke. Uh, his representatives have been coming out. I know we'll be getting more and more news and stuff, but uh, about him not knowing, I don't know all that behind-the-scenes drama. I know everyone's been pulling up the stuff from his 2016 Oscar hosting, and it seems like there's been tension there that's mm. been brewing a lot longer. Yeah. So, I mean, you know it's crazy when Diddy has to come out. Diddy, who slapped J. Cole at a club. Which, by the way, by the way, like an underrated hero of the night, because I'm just imagining the person who doesn't have Twitter and access to the Japanese uncensored cut, like just wondering what's happening when their feed starts cutting out like that, like yeah. th that it was not really addressed properly on the broadcast until he did it, like I smoothed it over a lot. So that he, he kept... Uh, a, a calm head in that moment and was both able to do that and then transition into the Godfather thing like props to him I guess I, I don't usually throw props his way but I'll do it there I'm, sur I'm surprised Jesse Plemons didn't pull up on Amy Schumer when she called his wife what a seat taker are you actually bothered by that power of the hands bro is what I would have done at that point I had her standing for the whole bit the, the, that's admitted. Come on, people are so, people are taking that way too seriously. I that's another thing that's bothering me. Come on, I'm more offended but that the, the joke wasn't as funny, man. That's always the line where we it's cross. It's a bit. Right there. Play along with the us. bit. Oh my goodness, bro! You like that bit of her hanging from the from the from stars? Was that a surprise? I that do. It, that I, Packer wanted. Honestly, I think that if it's almost any other comedian, it it goes over well, and people just have a distaste for Amy Schumer, so that uh, they instinctively don't like stuff like that. I thought she okay, honestly, hey. honestly. Uh, are we moving on? Should we get into the hosts and stuff? Let's talk about the Oscar hosts, all right? Okay. Because we had three of them, and uh, as a lot of people had noted, and they noted as well, it takes three female Oscar hosts in order to make up, I guess, one male Oscar host. And look, what we're going to be discussing a lot with these Oscars is that a lot of the stuff that they think that they're uh, getting ahead of, mm -hmm. they're really just making up for a lot of their own stuff that they've never done. You know, it's 90 years of Oscars, and uh, look, I'm 50-50 with the hosts. I thought a lot of the jokes hit. Mm -hmm. Some of the jokes I think are dumb. Some mm -hmm. of the jokes we don't care for even when dudes do it. Mm -hmm. I also am sick and tired of these award shows that are meant to celebrate movies with hosts going, ugh, don't those movies suck? That doesn't mean the jokes are bad. They mm -hmm. have some funny jokes. Look, I thought the last dual joke was funny. 
It's also completely like uncalled for yeah. in a in a ceremony where you're supposed to be honoring awards. Yeah. And you know, you remember the the uh, the Patrick Harris one, where it's like he could also make those jokes. There's nothing wrong with making jokes about like, oh, this movie stinks. Mm-hmm. But it's like you could also tell he watched them. Right. He cares for them. He's trying to still honor them to some degree. Um. It almost feels like they didn't watch them. It feels like these were written for them. And at a certain point, it's like, who are you trying to appease? Mm-hmm. The, the people who voted in the Zack Snyder bits for number one both times? I don't know. I yeah. think there's, there's a balance with those jokes. Well, well you know Just that... Like they don't want to be there. You know that the jokes were written for them because at one, at one point, Amy Schumer says, I didn't watch any of the nominees. And then in that same bit, she says, I loved Coda. So, like, what's going on here? Um, I am flat out exhausted of these jokes that that try to undermine the nominated movies. Power of the Dog was the most nominated movie last time, and that Wanda Sykes is trying to make a joke about not, be, not being able to watch it, to me, means you should not be hosting the show. I love Wanda Sykes as a stand-up comic. I thought she was terrible last night. They did that entire bit where they were going through the Academy's museum, a project that's cost the Academy, like, I don't know, almost half a billion dollars or something. And now people want to go. <laughs> and, and now, and she spent the entire time making fun of the premise and everything that was there. Like, I, what, like, what are you doing? What is this show for? I'm, I'm like, why are you trying to convince people to tune into a thing and then call them stupid for tuning into it or caring about it? I, I, I hate this ongoing bit. It's gotten worse and worse and worse throughout the years. And this was it at its apex. Like, if you don't care about the movies, don't host the Oscars. It's almost like that's their way of trying to fit in with the fellow kids. You know, oh, it's so cringy to show emotion for liking a movie. It's just as cringy with these bits that just show like you're kind of unprepared. You're just doing like the basic bit. Um, look, look, the one bit that I hated from her was the disrespect to Samuel L. Jackson, which is the epitome of everything yeah. we're discussing right now. That's Literally the most bankable movie star in the world. Like, what are we talking nah, about th- here? And it's cut. They honored all the honorees. And they cut them. They had that at, what, a Friday broadcast? Yeah. Or was it Saturday? Completely separate day. And then they come and just be like, eh. Ooh, his face is when I thought. I was like, oh, something's going to happen in these Oscars yeah. tonight. I know it was going to go where it went. But, uh, yeah, good thing they had Sam Jackson all the way in the back by the balcony. That was a little disrespectful, even yeah. for the bit. Because, again, the bit didn't justify uh, the whole undermining his, his award. And I felt uh, with a lot of the stuff that they cut, it was kind of pointless. To me, mm-hmm. all of those awards that were cut that they still interjected in, man, you really see the difference in there. Yeah. I've realized it's not just the speech, bro. It is the walk-up. It is that drum of opening up the envelope and seeing all those boxes and everyone's reaction. I love seeing Sufjan. Mm-hmm yell under his breath. But see, that's the thing, though, is those are the moments that ultimately are the most watchable. Like, I I love watching the moment that people find out, and they cut it out for eight of the categories. The awards, the speech is cool, which they also cut, we'll get there. And short, But, like, bro, the walk-up and that moment is it. Seeing Mm -hmm. uh, when Will won, and Denzel goes, yes. Yes. Imagine not having that. And I don't understand the idea of cutting out all of these people just to edit them back in because it feels awkward. My mm-hmm. brother was over; he was watching it. And he's like, "Did they just, did they just float up there?" <laughs> like it felt weird and jarring editing-wise as well. Yeah. And then to find out that they have no recordings of their full transcripts. So unless you were sitting there, people have come out to let you know that the animated category—I think it was for for the shorts—they came out and gave this great speech about animation being for adults. And then it turns out that that isn't just cut and we're never going to see that. But the transcripts, as you were letting me know, 
are only of that edited moment. Mm -hmm. And so the Oscars gets the bank on what? That joke that the host made about animations just for kids and adults have to drug, drug, drug through. Yeah. One of the Dune winners came out and said, hey, I mean, they're getting pushed below, below, right? And they're above the line for some of these as well. And they went out and said, hey, we're being relegated back. But shout out to all of the below the line cast and crew. They are the ones who make this. What did the Oscars do? They cut that bit out. So now you have to find someone's account of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really fun. Yeah, like, thank God that Kyle Buchanan from the New York Times is there filming. Otherwise, we, like, literally wouldn't have access to these full speeches, which is insane to me. Because, also, these things are happening while red carpet coverage is happening. Like, if you They're walking in and out. The the damn arc light doesn't let you leave. And it's, I kind of, like... (laughs) If we're going to do this red carpet coverage anyway, like why can't we just blow it up into like a like a here are some of the technical awards as some of the big celebrities streaming? Like, can't we just cut to the speech? Are we really do we really need to see uh, the different e red carpet hosts like talk about what they think should win best picture instead of that? Well, you know the the three hours and fifteen minutes needed to be condensed to uh, th- three, three hours, hours and forty minutes. minutes? Uh-huh. Yeah, so you cut eight categories oh. and do end up half an hour longer. Like, this is what I'm talking about when I think this is the, one of the worst produced Oscars ever. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of the host, I felt that with Regina, who, again, they called her King Ned Hall during the opening yep. uh, presentations on the red carpet. All of her jokes were just like, I'm I'm the horny host. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that. Yeah, okay, so it was three hours of that for her. Again, jokes that Amy would be, Schumer. Jokes that would immediately get her kicked out of Hollywood if it were, like, reversing the roles of the gender, but whatever. Uh, I also think Regina Hall proved why a comedian needs to host these things. There's a cer- certain bit of timing right. that's lost in yes, front sir. of a live audience. I don't know. Yes, sir. Um, bro, really quick on that one where, where he had, a, was it Brolin bending over and then Momoa? Bro, she was talking, Momoa had surgery. Momoa's entire, like, stomach was open. He was talking about it after in the show. He's like, yeah, you know, just... You know, be careful with my suit. I did have surgery. I won't be drinking anything. And she had her hands all over him. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, with Amy Schumer, look, I'm fair, bro. Yeah. Stream Life After Beth. Uh, it's a good show. I- I'm there for her. It's okay. Probably like 45% of her jokes said, man. 45% yeah, of her jokes said, Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I'm not trying to uh, That's a bad that. ratio when you're still a third. I, I think that that might have been a better hit rate than the other two hosts. I think she was greatly, greatly disserviced by immediately following Beyonce and then being on stage for 10 minutes of the first 18 minutes of the award show. Like, that's just bad producing again. Like, why did they go from the three of them doing stand-up to her doing stand-up? Throw an award in the middle of there. Throw throw in a presentation or something like it. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. Uh, the, the order of things was off. I, I retweeted. I think it was Guy Lodge mentioning like, why didn't the Bond, uh, uh, the the montage for Bond films go next Lead to the it. song from the latest Bond film? Like it's basic obvious stuff that's not connecting here. Um, and, and speaking, well, of you, you don't like it going actor. Makeup lead actress. Yeah, the, obviously the big three awards: best picture, best actress, and best hair and makeup. Um, speaking, Which was pre-edited. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the pre-editing, though, I, I wanted to talk about uh, the Beyonce performance and the speeches and the fact that they were all emblazoned with the word "live," as if these are happening live. Although you can tell from camera placements and the precision of it all, this is it, so many of these is pre-taped. 
It's a production, baby. It is. It's got this, like, I think the knight had this weird, like, deep fake energy to it, particularly when they would show the shortened speeches and the crowd reactions to it. Like, I think what was happening... That felt like a lie, bro. Yeah, I think what was happening was they were playing the video and then showing live reactions to the shortened video. But, But even then, it feels just like, I don't know, weird. Ooh, reaction shots. Nice. Uh, a whole reaction shot of the reaction shot of the reaction shot. Look, uh, Devesh had said, <laughs> reminded me, DJ Khalid came out at the beginning. For what? Oh, my God. Yeah, that was what, a Absolutely terribly cringy bit. Yeah. Pointless. Uh, I, I think but yeah. DJ, the, the DJ Khalid thing is like people like to make DJ Khalid jokes and, they, and he likes to be in on them. But as soon as you bring him in on them, they lose any bit of like... Ingenuity or humor. It, it, he, DJ Khaled, go get your go get your mom out of that minimum wage job. Some of the ones that were cut, especially in terms of shorts, which we have, uh, we'll probably even link it down below. But we have all of the shorts that we gathered up. Pretty much everyone except one you could stream online. Several of them for free on YouTube. But uh, dude, our, our man Riz won an award, and people had to find out through a tweet. Yeah, shouts to Kyle Buchanan, man. It's insane. Uh, in terms of the other shorts, uh, let's see, Windshield Wiper had one, which I thought was very interesting. That one is available to stream over on YouTube. Uh, what had one for short film live action was uh, Riz Ahmed's, which is also for free online on YouTube. And then, which is the last one that I'm blanking on here, it was Doc Short Subject, which went to the Queen of Basketball, which I think means that Shaquille O'Neal and that last minute edition, which I was telling Zach, right at the end, Shaquille was like, I need another producer, I need another producer, who's really clutch at the end, got Steph Curry, Steph Curry's got friends, Steph Curry can throw really good parties, as shown on his HBO <laughs> uh, little live talk show. They won the award, so I think they also get a producer credit. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many Oscars. Kobe got they, his. Yeah, well, I think Kobe was more directly involved. I mean, obviously, it kind of was about him. Um, I don't know how many Oscar statues they give out for those short film categories, but I, I guess we'll have to wait for the next, like, video from Aisha Curry in their house to find out. Holding if they got it, the... polishing it, but yeah. yeah. Um, I highly I... recommend the shorts. Check them out. Yeah. Um, do want to just mention, just because I was checking Kyle Buchanan's uh, Twitter, that it looks like we have a new statement from Will Smith. Uh, including an apology to Chris Rock. Oh, it's live? Uh, yeah, it happens ten minutes ago. I just, I just. Uh, breaking news? Yeah, I got breaking news <laughs> on Intercut. Um, I don't know if you could pull it up. If, yeah, if I got it pulled. I got it pulled right, up reader. on the on the. Uh, on the live stream. It says, uh, violence in all its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are a part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line, and I was wrong. I am embarrassed my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There's no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I'd also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, and all the attendees and everyone watching around the world. I'd like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. I am a work in progress. Uh, I Yeah, I mean, I, I think he hit on a lot of the things that I was frustrated by. We didn't even mention uh, how, how that whole moment overshadowed what could have been a really uh, great moment for the Williams family and uh, how frustrating their awards cycle <laughs> must have been between this and the whole Jane Campion bit. Just, just taking away, uh, away attention from the film that they've put so much effort into. Uh, yeah, man, it made me sad. 
Weeaboo with the not the notes apology. <laughs> Look, hey, I would have respected it at the moment. I really thought he was gonna name drop Chris during the speech. Yeah. It's still a notes app apology, bro. Some David Dobrik uh, running bag type stuff. I don't know. I, I also you, feel like Will Smith is at that point where he's not fireable. He is the one who hires. Right. You know, he's also like at that level. I think that was one of the big things that stood out to me. I was like, damn, Will Smith is that big that he could just go back like nothing happened, smile during Power yeah, of the Dogs no, win, which is so ironic. But no, no sound mixer is getting away with slapping somebody in the middle of the Oscars. That's for sure. Bruh, the fact that he talked, and you know the orchestra people, you know DJ Nice, no one was touching any of the stuff. <laughs> Way too close to them. He's got to reach. Uh, let's talk about some of the other stuff, unless, yeah. you, unless you want to read the apology again. But, I mean, nah. it'll be getting updated. It'll go up. I am very curious to see Chris Rock when he comes back, because that man, hey, he got rocked up there. <laughs> Whatever he's going to say with, with, with his next uh, stand-up, yeah, I want to know what he was going to say next. He's booked for a show Wednesday in Boston, so we, we might hear some things by then. Um, book my getting book back my to the sec. Getting back to the broadcast a second, I think one of the things that was very uh, evident this year is how much ABC and Disney is has their hands in the production from the incessant ads for other Disney uh, properties that just basically blanketed the commercials um, to the fact that they put two Encanto songs on the broadcast. Right? Like, just a, a weird little preference to their own animated film that happens to be on Disney+. A Plus. little weird. That really surprised me. I was like, wait, Encantos? And they even would advertise it. They did that thing where it's like, Brad Pitt will be next. Brad Pitt will be next. And they, they take forever to show you Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. They kept talking about the first live performance of Encanto, which, hey, I am critical of it. Eh, kind of nice song. I like how they put the little TikTokers in the back. It was a nice little production in that sense. Yeah, um, there's a lot of people who are complaining about the the use of TikTokers and stuff like that. And I feel like it was it was unobtrusive enough that it's exciting for the audience. They're trying to get to tune in and like not. It didn't distract me. I don't know. Uh, I, I do think I do think it's a little bit. I, I don't know. It's a weird call to me to take a song that people the only song that people actually know and love and change it for the performance. But, you know, getting Megan the Stallion there is exciting, I guess. Do you think she uh, improved that Zendaya line or did they just sort of like nah, she knew position she her in the right spot? She knew where she was. I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never seen Megan freestyle, but I, look, I know not everyone was a fan of it. I didn't think it was that bad. It was a decent, fine remix. I'm curious your thoughts on the In Memoriam because I, I do think that that's one. Talk your talk, bro, because I think it may feel a little bit different than you. I, I, I just don't think that it was, I don't think it was like, it struck the right tone for me at all. Um, I think it, like, I think you could even see the cameramen being sort of more distracted and into the performances than in the in memoriam. Like, I, I feel like you kind of need to put them full screen. Like that's, the moment is an in memoriam. It's not, I don't know. It, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't like it. You, you thought it was better? I get how people grieve in different ways. And with this being a Will Packer production, I got what they were going there. It was a, you know, a celebration more than anything. You go to New Orleans, right? They are not solemnly grieving that way. It is a celebration of life. That's how they see death. Look at the Irish, right? If this was a Belfast production, it would be a little bit different. It'd be like the Globes out there. So I understood that part. That doesn't bother me. I do agree that the screen should never be filling up a quarter of the yeah. of of the screen. Yeah, when you're playing yeah. that in memoriam, it should be there. 
did you really mind the the tidbits where they came out to speak on people like Tyler Perry? No, no, no. I uh, actually kind of like that. I, I, I like Bill Murray's. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought I knew was, Jamie was going to do hers. I thought that was nice, and it was a way of kind of giving certain people a little bit of an extra, uh, you know, a little bit of an extra honoring. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It it just like felt sloppily stitched together. I, I guess I would say. Yeah, my biggest problem is the framing. Uh, yeah. And again, I can see how people are split on it, but I don't think it was bad. It's literally just a different way of people um, grieving, in my opinion. I just don't like church. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so the musical performances, we, we talked about the Beyonce opening. We talked about uh, We Don't Talk About Bruno. D- did you feel like it was a little bit too much? Because it, it did feel like it took up pretty big chunk of the broadcast the five performances uh, i have i'll never have a problem with performances mm-hmm. i just did not understand all these anniversary stuff right why why were we wasting so much time for like random anniversaries of certain things uh i did appreciate that you know they would sometimes presenting awards but it was really weird to see a lot of these like presentations that made absolutely no sense uh other yeah. than taking up more time like like I was saying earlier, like I think they could have made the Bond one work if you tie it in with the song or something. But if you don't have a reason to tie it in, like if it's not, uh, you know, Fr- uh, Francis Ford Coppola getting up and then presenting Sofia Coppola with something or something like that, like why are we even inviting him? Like I, it's nice to celebrate some movies. There's I too guess, much love. But I I just don't like. Somebody pointed out on Twitter that I feel like these sort of odes to older films are a little bit irrelevant in the age of YouTube when the clips are so accessible and people are already there, – there's so many better uh, montage creators who just do it for fun on YouTube than uh, will do it for pay for the Oscars. And it, it ends up just slowing down the ceremony. I agree, especially when they're trying to, to pick it up. Shout out – Shout out to our boy, Carson Ronquist. I don't think anyone hit it better than having those Twitter voting moments being brought up and entering the Speed Force as calling it nothing <laughs> other than a watch mojo moment. Uh, no sense, bro. Yeah. Look, I don't even mind that. It just comes out of nowhere and derails everything. Uh, hey, I, I was not expecting well, but, that uh, Army of the Dead win. I'll, I'll be, that, was, that was a surprise of the night. Yeah, I mean, Zack I, Snyder coming home with more honoraries. I, I will say, like, shouts to the Zack Snyder fans. I, I don't normally, uh, I'm not Real normally ones. behind your cause, but thank you for denying ABC and Disney that bit of uh, integration by honoring more Marvel films in those mm-hmm. moments. Like, they, they're, they had a plan and it didn't work, and hopefully they'll never do it again. Uh, yeah, it, it's stupid. Watch Mojo videos don't belong in the middle of the Oscars, and if we're talking about things that extended the length of the ceremony unnecessarily, that's got to be at the top of the list, right? Like, it felt completely unprompted. It felt completely random. It was unrelated to anything else going on. And it even felt like the Academy was a bit embarrassed by it by the end. Like, there was no, it was there was nobody who came on stage to explain what was happening. They kind of just threw it as a bumper in bet- uh, before a commercial break like hoping you would already know what it was. Even Only the Academy you. even the Academy's official Twitter account didn't tweet it out. And what is the point of giving out a Twitter award if you don't tweet about it? None of my family knew what was going on because they're not on Twitter.com. So yeah. they were like, what is this? Who what was this nomin they're you know, they're looking at their sheets that are printed out, they're like, which one is this? And I was like, no, this is just something else. So we had watch mojo bits, we had live reaction shots, uh, and then we had montages, like pra- practically fan cams going on. Hey, it's only a matter of time before they put this thing on 
YouTube.com and people are going to just be streaming it for free in that sense. It was also a year where they where they finally put it on Hulu. You still needed a you subscription. You still did the live TV it. thing, yeah. <sighs> Look, who who's doing the Pam show? That that uh, Renee Zellweger show? If you know what I'm talking about, there's something about Pam. Yeah, uh, is it ABC? I don't know. I I think it's Fox, Fox? which is ABC. Ugly show, by the way. Absolutely one of the dumbest shows. They did not take care of that show. It, it is a mess. In that release, they had it on cable. Then they released it on streaming. And they just pretended like they had, like, invented the wheel. They're like, oh, my goodness. Did you guys know that when you go on streaming, it's going to boost you 150%? I see them this year pulling that with the Oscars, where now that they're on streaming and it's available in that sense – Obviously, it's going to get a push, and they're going to make it seem like they did something out of the ordinary with the broadcast, as opposed to, no, you just finally made it more accessible. They need to cut it. Just If someone has a Hulu subscription, they should be able to stream it regardless of. Right. Look at, look at Peacock. Look at Paramount. They let us stream the Grammys. They let us stream a lot of the awards. Hell, they let us stream the Super Bowl. Oscars. Stop being so over... Over pompous man. Yeah, I mean it, it, that it's not just available through Hulu or even through Disney Plus is is a strange thing. But I think at this point, like like we were talking about with all the integration of a, uh, of Disney products and the ads, and also with the revelations that we've been reading about in that it was pressure from ABC to cut categories and and stuff like that. Pathetic. Um, I th- Pathetic. I think we've just basically reached a time where the Academy has to very seriously consider divesting from uh, ABC. There's got to be competition for hosting the show, and there's got to be places that would treat it better and, and do better of upholding its its legacy, right? Like, at this point, I think they've besmirched the Oscars so much that they've hurt the brand. They've, they've Golden Globesified this awards uh, award show, and, and it's... You know, the ratings have been sliding and sliding in a way that I don't think they're going to recover unless there's some serious thought done, uh, thought into like how to how to make this a celebration of films in a way that people will actually embrace. So I don't know. Uh, I was I was frustrated. I got two things for you. One, shout out Sean Kenny with the uh, it's essentially YouTube rewind, even with Will Smith being a meme, just like he was for the last one. Imagine Will Smith killing, killing the YouTube rewind and then killing the Oscars live stream. The power of will. Yeah. Um, I need you to do me a favor, Zach, because uh, let's see who had said this over here. Josh had pointed out that if you go to imdb.com, Zach, and search up Army of the Dead, which I'm looking at right now, Zach, mm-hmm. if you could pull that up. I'm going to it. It says Army of the Dead won one Oscar. So, Zach. It didn't. Zach. There's no statue presented. Like, come on. What are we doing here? Hey, they don't need statues, Zach. We in the NFT era, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's appearing right there. It is the first thing you see before you get to the cast. Wow. Let me go to Justice League. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. We did it, Zach. We finally get to a vote for the Oscars. That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I guess this ship, is him real to, ship him to Zack Snyder's house now. Unreal. Uh, all right. IMDb is being really slow. Uh, let's talk about some of the awards, right? Justice League, one Oscar. One Oscar, two, on Justice League. This is crazy, bro. Hey, no one cares about a statue. That's not what they're going to see. What everyone's going to see on a daily basis is going to the IMDb and seeing a winner right there. Winner, Oscars cheer moment, flash enters the speed force. Let's go, baby. Ridiculous. 
so at your ones though let's go what were some of the categories that stood out to you well do you want to talk about the big award of the night first since uh it's it's let's do you it. know uh so coda i got the i got the stat right here three nominees for nominations for coda three wins for mm-hmm. coda mm-hmm. becomes hey perspective first yeah like um Good for good for Coda, a film that we have been recommending for what what feels like a long time, a year, a year and two months at least now. Uh, you know, it is a film that really did move me. I, it's not a film that I think uh, should have won this award, but uh, obviously it's a film that connected with a lot of people, and I know it's brought a lot of people a lot of happiness. So I, I'm I'm happy for those people. Uh, it's historic in many ways, as you mentioned. Uh, those three nominations that it got. It becomes the first film with three or fewer nominations to win Best Picture since Crazy 1932. Stuff. A long time wow. coming. Uh, we mentioned wow. that we watched it at Sundance. This becomes the first movie to win Best Picture. Like what? That was pre- pre- that was a Sundance premiere, which I was surprised by. But if you think about it, like there were no indies who really won Best Picture before The Hurt Locker, and it's not like there's been a Sundance movie that won in that time since. So, uh, a big feat for the Sundance Film Festival, which not only had uh, it's Grand Jury Prize winner son, uh, for Akota uh, win the Best Picture Prize. It had its Documentary Grand Jury Prize winner win the Best Documentary at the Oscars uh, in Summer of Soul. Akota uh, also becomes the first film from a streamer to win Best Picture, with Apple uh, TV Plus beating Netflix to the punch. All of them, bro. How do you feel, man? We all know that a lot of the Oscar ballots, when it came to Roma, was them saying, nah, 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 this is a Netflix movie. We've been to film festivals where they refuse to play Netflix movies in certain theaters. AMC, to this date, refuses to play any nominee that is a Netflix. Disney's fine. Mm-hmm. Although they'll play Disney yeah. streaming originals. But Lord forbid that there's a Netflix movie. Hey, we were there. We were watching Coda when it premiered on its online debut at Sundance, and we saw when Apple paid 25 mil. We all asked each other, Amanda, you and I, when we were sitting there going, 25 mil? That's a lot. That's pretty cheap now, considering. Yep. They took that all the way, man. And uh, look, we like the movie, and I hate being one of those who has to like complain about it for whatever else. Right. We're pretty fair when it comes to, hey, if you can be little power of the dog, you should be able to critique Coda, all that stuff. Not my favorite Best Picture winner. Not my favorite adapted screenplay, dude. I, the screenplay is where ooh, I was shocked the ooh, most. We'll get there. I understand Best Picture. But yeah, uh, shout out to them, dude. Uh, Troy gave a freaking phenomenal speech. And this is yeah. for someone who watched the entire opening red carpet, knew what he was going to say because he said he was going to honor it to his parents and go to their graveyard because yeah, they were gone. And it still hit. And then he still took it to another level. Um, I, I'm very proud of him. Uh, my big thing for Coda. Just like you were talking about with Sound of Metal. Keep watching his movies then for his next one. All right? Mm-hmm. The next time that they're in a the film, watch it. The next time that it's not about them being deaf, but just a deaf actor living. Honor those movies too, then. Yeah. Honor those movies too. Yeah, you know, uh, speaking of, of deaf movies, uh, or movies featuring uh, deaf people in them, uh, the short film Audible, what I, uh, I thought was fantastic and maybe even a better representation of... Stream it. Uh, yeah, it, it's on Netflix, and it's... I, I hoped it won the award, even though it didn't, so I would shout that one out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, with the CODA thing, I, it's weird to talk about it because I don't want to say it's a bad movie, right? Like, we enjoyed it. I cried twice watching it. But 
it, it, it's not what I constitute as worthy of a Best Picture prize. I think the thing with the Oscars is, you know, ideally, not this year, but ideally, they're celebrating lots of different types of film crafts. They're celebrating all these different technical awards. And you look at a film like Power of the Dog, and even if its story is maybe a little bit um, impenetrable to some people, even if it's slow-paced to some people, that is a film that is ex exquisitely crafted. It's got one of the best scores of the year. It's got some of the best cinematography of the year. Ooh, the production yes, yes, design yes. is great. Even the visual effects, did you see that VFX reel going around uh, for, it's it's crazy some of the stuff. They Unreal. Did for that movie. And, and, you know, you look at a movie like Coda, which only picked up those three nominations, frankly, because no it director, was not yeah. good enough in those other categories to pick up nominations. And and frankly, it wasn't that it wasn't good enough to really even get that screenplay nomination. But it did anyway. Uh, it, it it just to me, it's not a good representation of all the things that film can do. It is a, a really sweet movie and is a really emotional movie. And I'm glad that it got a lot of love this year. But now it becomes the villain because it gets put onto this pedestal that uh, it gets, it has to be compared now to The Godfather, to Chinatown, to Parasite, to to The Departed, to to Forrest Gump, you know, like to 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 the rest of film history. And I just don't think that Coda is that movie. I have a little parable for you. If a politician wanted to give money, do you think that the organization, the charity, should take that money regardless of what the politician is going to do? How do you feel about a scenario like that? Um, I mean, if you, I think Chumbo Wumbo found a good way to go about stuff like that, <laughs> uh, but not everybody can. I, I look at Apple, and there's been that discussion. Someone had even brought it up, you know, about the Apple phones being in there. You know, I listened to dozens of Q and As. They sometimes slip up and mention that Apple helped them with the filming of it, which is weird because they didn't. They supposedly bought it at Sundance. At the end of the day, even if it's not the best picture, mm -hmm. the message of awarding it as best picture can have a statement in and of itself, right? Um, whether that actually has an impact, we'll see. But uh, looking just at the past year, not only with the movies that you mentioned that were also nominated, Eternals. You know, you have a lot of Marvel stuff that that's pushing a lot of death actors, and also the mm -hmm. uh, just the filming conditions and such. So, if anything, drive my car. Drive, yo, drive, yeah. When you had mentioned the drive my car of it, that's another movie. That's better. I guess just doesn't put it front and center for it to be praised. They are praising yeah. the film that includes that instead of that being the film. Yeah. That needs the praise, but hey, shout out to them. Yeah. One last bit on Coda before we do we do move on. Uh, <laughs> and I, one more. Thing. Yeah. I, I just do want to point out this thread that I retweeted. If you head over to my Twitter, it's the most recent thing that I put out there. A thread of pieces as well as a podcast from uh, deaf writers on their feelings on Coda. Uh, not all of it is negative, but some of it is. And I think you know if you're going to talk about this film as a win for representation of a community, it probably is worth your time to listen to what that community is saying about the movie. Uh, even if you don't want to read, I think uh, in this thread there is a, a link to a YouTube review from a, from a deaf person. So um, check out some of that stuff and, and yeah, um, I hope you consider, consider all of it, essentially. Uh, but shout to Coda because the, it is really a heartwarming movie. I'm very, very happy for Troy Kotzer who did give uh, one of my favorite performances uh, from last year. Um, we Good should campaign from Apple. <laughs> we should also probably talk about uh, the film that won the most awards last night, which is Dune. Yes, sir. It picked up. Yes, sir. It picked up six awards, four of them given off air. 
the film, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Coda as like the populist choice among uh, the films nominated for Best Picture. But Dune is the one that is actually a big hit at the box office, making over $400 million domestically. I think it was uh, the 11th highest grossing movie last year or something. Uh, It's weird that in the Oscars' effort to try and center movies that people know, they shunted the one movie that a lot of people know off of the broadcast so often. The Apple money, baby. But yeah, dude, as you were mentioning, was the second most nominated as well. Power had 12. Yeah. Only winning one. Dune won six out of its ten, and it was really surprising that, you know, it was able to pick up everything that makes the movie a great movie. Except, you know, any of the big awards. Yeah. But uh, I was so surprised to see cinematography go to Greg Frazier. I loved his work in that movie. I, I mean, I flew, right? Like, <laughs> like I flew so I could see his entire thing. Yeah. I screamed when he won because I loved all the other ones. I was yelling, Janush, Janush, Janush. And then they said Greg, and I was so excited. I hope to see him there next year. I really love that one. I love that it got film editing. You knew I was just scared. I was about to explode if another movie had gotten it, um, which that movie didn't get anything, so don't look up anything dealing with that film. Film editing going to Dune was fantastic because uh, just listen to his talks. If you search up film editor Joe Walker, he's got some really interesting uh, – decisions that he made in the edit if you've seen the movie and the way that it's rhythm rhythmically cut i thought was beautiful production design i was surprised i was a little surprised that that they were able to snatch that yeah i mean i personally would have gone with tragedy of macbeth in production design but you know the the other interesting thing that we haven't addressed yet and another thing that made this like the worst oscars ever to me was the lack of unpredictability in a lot of these awards if you look at gold derby which is probably the most famous in terms of forecasting the uh, awards, all 23 of the films that were favored on Gold Derby, all 23 of the, or films or craftspeople or whatever, uh, all 23 of the nominees that were the Vegas betting odds favorites ended up winning. No underdogs, nobody took home good money. Uh, And and so I, I ultimately just think that maybe there was a little bit of like, Dune is obviously the big impressive technical achievement, so let's let's just give it all of these awards, except for things where maybe like the co- the the makeup being in Tammy Faye is a little more obviously big, and the the costuming in Cruella is a little more obviously big. Although I really do love Previous Dune's lines. costumes. You know what it reminds me of? I was gonna say Mad Max. Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six out of ten awards. Yep. Uh, I-, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, damn near close. It won six awards, just like Dune did. It, it was kind of that movie this year. You know, the Oscars really like to kind of categorize their films in a certain way. They run the campaigns in a very similar way. And it, I would put it akin to a film like that. It also picked up original score, which really surprised me because there were some really good scores this year. When when uh, Power the Dog won and Jane went up and they played the score from Power the Dog, it sounded so good. I really thought Johnny Green was going to snatch it, but I love Hans. It wasn't there. I don't know where he was. Yeah, he's on tour in Europe on a concert tour. Oh, Hans. Uh, sound. I'm for it. Visual effects. I'm for it. I'm mm-hmm. glad a Marvel movie didn't win there. So, oh, a yeah. shout out to Dune. Obviously, was, one of my favorites of the year. Was it the only good nominee in visual effects? You already know how I feel that they didn't nominate Godzilla vs. Yeah. Kong, bro. Uh, yeah, Free Guy. No time to die. I just don't think there was enough. Right. And uh, Shang-Chi Spider-Man. I... I it was the best, easily, without a doubt. 
So shout out Dune, six out of ten wins. Yeah, Magnitude in the live stream mentioning that Dune would have had seven awards if both of the sound categories existed. That's a good point there. Uh, Great point. Yeah. So a big night for Dune uh, in terms of winning the most awards. It it ended up with three Oscar wins. Coda ended up with, uh, sorry, Dune ended up with six Oscar wins. Coda ended up with three. Tammy Faye was the third most awarded film of the night, uh, taking home two Oscars. It did take home, take home that makeup award, which I don't know if it was necessarily the best in the category, but like it, it's pretty solid work, so I'm not going to complain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did. Uh, the bigger award it took was Best Actress, which went to Jessica Jastain, one of the harder categories to predict, given that the frontrunner seemed to change week to week. Uh, there was that weird surge late for Penelope Cruz, where her betting odds drastically dropped, and a lot of people thought ABC did win. nothing but push her interview four times before the broadcast. I was mm-hmm. like, "All right, this must be set in stone." I was shocked, bro. I was shocked. Uh, good for her. Yeah, I mean, it's not a performance that I thought was like the best. I thought it was pretty pretty good because I generally think Chastain is pretty good in stuff. Um, I think it's undermined by the movie, which we both had pretty mixed to, to bad feelings about. But um, honestly, my big reaction is that I think she's been desperate to get this kind of adulation and, and uh, honor, and it's caused her to choose a bunch of films that I don't like. I think Amy Adams is kind of in the same boat right now, where, yeah. where they're taking these swings and... and just look a little bit like they're flailing some point some point so my my hope is this just brings a little piece to Jessica Chastain's career and she can go back to like just choosing the roles that are right for her and not not uh desperately looking for the academy's approval I just know Grace Randolph had a damn aneurysm last time when she heard that name come out I realize how many Jessica Chastain haters there are out there but that would have been another 100% ratio there Two of two, a good percentage for the eyes of Tammy Faye winning all of its awards. Yeah. Um, the other uh, notable big winner that we haven't talked about would be the Jane Campion win for Best Director, uh, becoming the third ever Rightfully woman so. to win the Best Director award after Catherine Bigelow and Chloe Zhao. Uh, this is the first time that the Oscars have awarded the Best Director Prize to a woman two years in a row, given that last year's award went to Chloe Zhao. So uh, those are all exciting figures. But what's notable is that this was the only win for The Power of the Dog. It lost all 11 of its other nominations. It becomes the first film since The Graduate to only win Best Director at the Oscars. Uh, Crazy set. What do, you, what do you think about the lack of success for The Power of the Dog in non-director categories? You know how I feel about the Oscars in terms of it all being a campaign. And it's interesting to look at it from a campaign perspective, how each branch was kind of seeing what they were going to award. And it's just really confusing that one of 12 nominations, she directed the hell out of it, but I guess nothing else? (laughs) Right. Deserved. Yeah. It's deserved. Well, then more deserved. I, I, you know, that's one of my, it's my favorite movie of the year. Um, I don't know. At least it went to the person who was really pioneering uh, the story forward. So I guess I guess I could say that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm not I don't think it's necessarily wrong to give a film best director and nothing else. I think it's a sign of uh, appreciation for 
all the different things that are working in a film without necessarily thinking that any one element of the film is the best. Like, look, she she directed uh, three or four Academy Award nominated performances in this film. None of them won, but that doesn't mean the performances aren't great and she didn't do, do a good job directing them, right? Uh, I, I think it's interesting that this film was so nominated yet didn't win. I think it's even more interesting in context of some of Netflix's other recent swings. Uh, in the past four years now, Netflix has uh, released uh, Roma, The Irishman, um, Mank, and now The Power of the Dog. Those four films in those four years have a total of, what was it, 42 Oscar nominations? and only six wins combined, none of them for Best Picture. So despite Netflix throwing tons of tons of money at these highly respected auteurs, they have yet to really connect with the Academy Awards audience. Do Campaigning. You think, do you think this is a result of the movies? Do you think this is a bias against Netflix? What, what do you think is going on here? Uh, because I read a lot of the ballot stuff, the anonymous ballots, it's definitely something against Netflix. They've just straight up admitted that. Uh, we just mentioned all of the uh, different festivals and such as well. It's also just a matter of, I don't know, not being able to have the biggest parties out there, I guess. It, uh, unless it fits a box that I guess certain people want. I, I, I realized more and more that it's you said the New York Circle does it in a way where they're kind of voting mm -hmm. for, like, the movie that they feel best represents. And I wonder more and more how connected these branches are in terms of, like, collectively deciding what is the best thing to award. You know, we always discuss um, the the Legacy Award. Oh, they were never able to get one, so here it is. Right. Let me know when you want to talk about Belfast, bro, when you want to bet. <laughs> it's in that realm, and yep. it can go both ways. You know, I kind of feel like at this when it comes to director, if you're not giving it to everything else, I almost feel like this was the only category. Well, I think she deserves it. Mm -hmm. They would have gone anywhere else if they didn't think that her win would be more profound on the headlines. And I hate that, dude, because her win is deserved no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm surprised, honestly, with cinematography. I'm surprised yeah. uh, when it came to sound, when it came to even score. I love Han's score, but Johnny Greenwood killed it. Um, yeah, I, it always confu confuses me when, when something can get so many nominations and win one. It's yeah. weird. I mean, weird. I think I think what it's mostly evidence of is that Netflix is really throwing their weight behind trying to get this kind of prestige recognition. My set's falling apart behind me. Um, it's Apple. Yeah, Apple's, <laughs> Apple's I'm happy with it. Um, the Netflix, you know, they have the money to throw a hundred million dollars at uh, Martin Scorsese and throw fifty million dollars at Jane Campion and and build these huge sets for Alfonso Cuaron's, you know, childhood nostalgia film. Um, it, that, that makes it sound like Belfast. I feel bad now. Um, it, they have the money to ensure that these are excellent productions with the most talented craftspeople around, people who will ensure that it's good enough to get nominated. But I think what it speaks to is the fact that you can't, you can't assemble an Oscar winner in a lab. You can't combine a little bit of this and a little bit of that and and put it in the calculator and it comes out to the best picture prize nor do and, we want to yeah and like look they're they're commissioning works from great filmmakers and i, yes, I think they're making you know great filmmakers are making great works but they're these aren't necessarily their greatest works either so i don't know i think it's just 
I think there's just a little bit of lack of luck that it it hasn't all quite hit at the right time and uh, whether it's campaigns that are not positioning things correctly you know maybe a lot of people were really offended by uh, Jane Campion's comments and that was just enough to, to push Coda over the top I, I don't know um, I think it's it's just a matter of sooner or later for Netflix because when you take this many swings and get this close this many times like I, I think it's just going to happen um, well, until their stock falls and they don't right. exist anymore. Yeah, if they can afford that. to keep making these movies for If they could afford to keep it. But, Zach, in that realm, I will always take them giving the money to the filmmaker for yeah. the movie that will live on award or no award. I don't give a damn if it goes to the to the campaigns. I remember those Roma pillows were like a hundred something dollars. Yeah. Give the money to the filmmakers. No, I'm, I'm, I get it. There's award campaigns, but at the end of the day, I love that the movie was made the way the movie was intended to be made. Yeah. I'm very glad that somebody has convinced Ted Sarandos that it is worth it to drop a lot of money onto these movies that I'm sure don't make them a lot of money uh, because we are reaping. The We're living in that them. time, baby. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing I didn't mention when we talked about Tammy Faye winning two awards is that um, that means that aside from those three films, every other film at the Oscars got one or no uh, awards by the end of the night. What do you think about the uh, distribution among movies? Weird. Um, look, I guess, can I name any category right here? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, Drive My Car, uh, in terms of international feature film, I, I don't know if we thought it was going to go any farther than that, except for script. I was really surprised that it did not win script, but we'll get to script like you said. You in know, terms I mean, of it winning to, internet... We can get to script now if you want, because that, for me, as somebody who... I, I went to college and studied screenwriting and playwriting. That is literally my avenue into uh, filmmaking as a medium. I'm a writer at, at heart, and I love a, a well-crafted script. I think it's almost unquestionable that this is the worst collection of screenplay winners we've had in at least 20 years, maybe longer. I am not denying that at all, man. We're talking about adapted screenplay being Power of the Dog, which I really enjoy. Lost Daughter wasn't my favorite movie, but I respect what was done there. And, and a really I'm interesting like adaptation, Dune. too, from people I've heard from people who've actually read the novel. Yes, especially because of the ending. Dune, I love its its rhythm. Drive My Car, I really thought was going to take it in this category, and it went to Coda. Yeah. So in terms of Drive My Car, that was the one category I was surprised it didn't get. Uh, but even in the speech for um, Ryosuke, why they cut off the man so many times, man? Constantly. That was so disrespectful. I think what happened was the first one they thought he was uh, done, and then they got uh, then they were like, oh, we have to end this moment." But uh, like the man, the man went on stage with his translator, and she didn't say a word. So like, are you just not observant as a producer? Like that seems like maybe the John not tuning director... in twenty twenty. I mean, the, generally speaking, I think the technical director did a terrible job with these awards. The the cutting together of certain moments was so jarring and quick. Uh, did you notice during that Pulp Fiction intro how they couldn't settle on a camera shot, but they did not want to show us them dancing for some reason? Like, the whole bit that they went on stage to do, they refused to show it for a little while? Pick me, Zach. Pick me, Zach. Um, <clears throat> Y'all didn't have another angle during the nip slip? Oh my God! Yeah, honestly, and the, I the, guess we'll get there. We'll it, get there. It gets we, cut off because it's happening in an otherwise generally chaotic moment. But yeah, it's back up on Hulu. I think uh, I know it's on ABC because as soon as we're done here, censored? we do our, our Patreon. Bro, remember how we kind of saw her? 
Yeah. The whole thing just has a stamp over. It looks like the intro to Intercut where you're just waiting for us and it just says the logo. There. Just as Academy Awards. Like, y'all don't have anything in the bank. Like, there was not another angle. It, it, It's so weird. This is the Oscars. Come on. There are cameras all over the place and you couldn't find an alternate take even in the editing room for the VOD. Very confusing to me. I agree with you. The technical side of it. A mess, but for Ryosuke, that that that's embarrassing, guys. Yeah. Let him talk. We saved all this time. <laughs> Stop playing that. He stuff. Like, literally made the best film nominated yesterday. Why are you not giving him more than fifteen seconds to speak? And, and it's it's also like we. It's this other funny thing where the Oscars are like we are giving out the war, the award for the best film in the world. And by the way, all the all the in, the rest of the world is in this tiny category, and we're not going to listen to them very long because they don't speak in English. We don't like that. Like I, it's 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 weird. It's annoying. It's disrespectful to the filmmakers, man. I, this was the worst Oscars I've ever seen. Sorry, I don't think it was the worst. Sorry. I think it was the messiest Oscars we have seen. It was <laughs> borderline disgusting sometimes. But look, it's also weird how they approach international. Like it's the Olympics because they go and this is yeah. Japan's. Way. It, it's a. When y'all really get into it and you realize what the Oscars is about, it's about film markets. That's another reason why Parasite's win was big. A lot of us want to come in here with the love of cinema, and then you realize what the campaigns are about. You realize all the politics that go in and out of it, but there's also that idea that it's about film markets. And the U.S. doesn't want to play with their market going down. And that's why the international categories and how that bleeds into best pictures has always been really funny to me. Because, yeah, when they announce international, they announce it for the country's win. Mm-hmm. Take that as you will. Zach, and uh, uh, for Ricky, you may want to walk away for this right now. We're about to get into some Belfast slander. Yeah, sorry, Ricky. Um, that, like, I think there are charming things about the film Belfast. I think it's very sweet. I think some of the performances are nice. Uh, <laughs> the, the screenplay is not really a thing that I, I think of as, like, an immaculate piece of writing there. And it's, you have a diary, uh, Zach? <laughs> Submit it. Right? Right? Submit it in black and white. See what happens. Yeah, just just this very like sunny depiction of a real a really troubling time that like removes a lot of the nuance and I don't know. Uh, in, in a category where that also features works from uh, Joachim Trier and Paul Thomas Anderson, it, it's pretty crazy that every that's... single one, dude. Yeah. Except don't look up. Except don't look up. But yeah, uh, that yeah. it was a mess. I didn't get it. If there's ever been a oh we we owed you one because as soon as they announced him. They said this is his first win out of however many nominations, if I'm not mistaken. They said it was his first, and I was like, ah, okay. There it is. And what for Kenneth, what better one? What better one than one that's personal for him? So I'm happy for Kenneth because yeah. I don't mind Kenneth. And, and Kenneth is a guy who, who has a long-storied career, has done a lot of different things, very interestingly nominated for eight Oscars and uh, in seven different categories as well. So you know, cool that he finally got got one. Um, I feel like it's weird to award him in writing when he's so much more notable as a uh, director and actor. But cool, cool. Uh, um, hey, I also at, at least weird... they weren't the worst written scripts of the night because that would go to the Oscars. Yeah, I, you know, in a weird way though, I am kind of relieved that uh, this wasn't Paul Thomas Anderson's first Oscars win. Just to spare him another round of the discourse, like a filmmaker who I loved so much and is undeniably one of the all-time greats. Uh, I think it just would suck if forever his Oscar becomes attached to just just everything. Just everything about you did, this. You did get lucky there. Because you know they would have done that thing where they do the script to page, and you know exactly what clip they would have been like, <laughs> look at these lines that won an award. So yeah, he, he got lucky there. May I? 
Talk about Ariana DeBose, bro. Please, the radiant, the splendid, the wonderful speech-giving Ariana DeBose. Talk about it. It was uh, it's fantastic. Obviously, she's been my front-runner. Look, I, I rewatched West Side Story, and, it, dude, the technical achievement and her performance and all that, it made me uh, – all, all, that, all that about it made me love it even more. <laughs> Story's just as story got worse. Sec, I'm sorry. The story got worse, but look, in terms of her performance, it was it was my front runner. It's who Same. I was rooting for. Killed the speech. Looked fantastic Absolutely. in her outfit. Ooh. And yeah, I was Ooh. I was really that happy ape. for her. I hope that I hope that she continues to get more roles. I think she's multi talented. Uh, and I love what she said about Stephen. Stephen, you and me, we're connected. Um, um, her co-star Zach. Which one? The one that did get the invite, after all. Okay. <laughs> to find out that she wasn't invited because she had a prior engagement just shows you, damn, you really got picked, thrown into the spotlight, and now it's, and now it's let's put an entire Disney production on hold, risk COVID in right? the after parties, and then have to wait an extra two weeks for you to quarantine because you just wanted to be at the Oscars to present with Jacob Elordi. To do a bit about you, you weren't gonna be in the Oscar. When Questlove won his award, dude, I loved that he didn't make mention of anything because for the history books, yes. When we rewatched that, do you really want to know about? No, like that would take away if he had mentioned any of the disruption that had just happened prior. So I asked this girl, Rachel, why would you like argue and complain to be there? Which she did in a very slick way. It's very slick. Mm -hmm. She didn't complain. She just said something, weaponized her audience. Yeah. Because then she thanked them. She said, we made it. Yeah. No, it's 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 very... Um, it's very... Young person, is how I would say. Like, she's... I like Rachel. She show, I, I, well, I, I like her. She's fun. But, like, I think this whole scenario showed her age in a lot of ways. Uh, I think she would not have handled it this way if, if she has a little crazy. more experience in Hollywood. Um, you know, cool that cool that she made it there at the end, I guess. But I, I don't know, man. It, I think... She wasn't even with the Disney princesses, which was funny because people were like saying when the all three Disney princesses came out to announce something. You had um, Jasmine. You had uh, Hallie was there as well because mm -hmm. she's about to be Ariel. in The Little Mermaid. Like, why why not have <laughs> why not have her there? She was with Jacob Elordi, but whatever, whatever. Yeah, more 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 obvious decisions that were not made by these Oscar producers. Who would have thunk it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so um, Ariana DeBose's speech, I think, was a highlight. Turkotsu's speech was a highlight. Any other speeches stuck with you? Yeah, Summer of Soul, like I said. Yeah. Uh, definitely oh, yeah. want to double down on yeah, that. Th uh, that's, let's go that go there for a quick second because I don't think we gave it enough uh, light. I thought Questlove's um, composure in that moment, which happened immediately after the slap, was unreal, particularly given how emotional that speech was. And uh, it's, it's so... like. I do encourage people who watch the show live to go back and listen to the speech because I think we were all kind of like in a what's happening state. Uh, but it is, it's a really beautiful uh, speech that he's giving and his mom's there in the audience. And I don't know. Um, it, I, he's such a, I, I, I like him so much that it, it sucks that that moment um, got a little bit clouded out, but I, he's been getting a lot of love online today too. So, uh, and he's, he's got an Oscar. Bro. So he's the best. Yeah. He's got an Oscar. Shout out, shout out Questlove, bro. Yeah. That's dope. And a great speech. Highly recommend going back to catch that one. Uh, I know we talked about Cruella, which was always great. She had also one for Mad Evans. Max. I, bro, she's just like a real one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like yeah. I like a person who can get on stage and 
in their acceptance speech make it sound like they're just talking to a friend. Uh, and there was just like a casual energy uh, and a calm coolness to the way that she she took that award that uh, was was really fun to see. She's a very she's a very interesting person and a cool character. She loves what she does. Yes, and you can see it. I love how she was like, I was gonna take this, but I didn't have enough time. Did you she see she on the red carpet? She showed a shirt she was wearing uh, that said "Naked Without Us," talking about costume designers. No, love. I, that. I know she had mentioned something in the in the speech, but I, I have to check that out. So yeah, shout out there, Cruella. One out of two wins. No time to die. Music, original song. For a song that Great came out performance. in February 2020. And in 2020, it won the Grammy. Yeah. All of 2020 have been waiting. And they finally ended their journey here. I love how she said in the pre-show, I'm just glad that I performed this song multiple times live, so I'm not worried going in there. She hit that note. It, that was a beautiful performance. They both looked fantastic. I'm happy for them, dude. It, the, a, the... Have they lost for any of them? For the last three years, they got it. Oh, they've been sweeping, uh, I feel like. What's his name? Yeah, they've been sweeping it ever since oh, Adele. Oh, you're talking about, I, like, I don't know if, going back to Sam Smith and stuff? Per, yeah, Sam Smith got it. Adele got it. I don't remember if uh, Chris got it and uh, Alicia Keys, I don't they, they <laughs> think, got it. They didn't get it, no. But yeah, the, White, those Bond songs are they've a been on a run. run. The Bond songs are fantastic. Yeah, maybe if Amy you've Adams never listened to them, go to the your playlist. <laughs> But yeah, shout out to No Time to Die. And, you know, a lot of people were rooting for another one as well, as as was I. Um, it didn't win two out of three, but it won one out of three, which is the big one. Encanto, winning Best Animated yeah. Feature Film. And I just want to, I'm going to let them finish. The Mitchells vs. the Machines was one of the best animated films last year, baby. I don't know if you saw when Summer of Soul won, because Questlove was sitting behind the director of uh, Mitchells right. vs. the Machines. Yeah. He pulls out this entire thing. Yep. That says these are the people who made the movie. He had this set to go up there and to thank every single anime. Like this is directed by a dude who knows and respects his entire cast and crew, which is so rare. Mm -hmm. Really quick, we have talked about a movie called Spaz where the VFX guy goes, yeah, the people who snatch the awards, they're not the ones who make it. They, they take it and they don't give credit to everybody else. This man had like a quill. He had like a poster board yeah. with everybody and not just like them working. It was them with their families because that's what inspired the film. I freaking love that movie, bro. Yeah. Encanto's good too. Encanto's <laughs> cool as well. Yeah. But I damn. I, I, I don't love Encanto. I don't think it's bad, but like I think in a category with Mitchells versus the Machines and uh, fully, it's, it's just like not the exciting choice there, but it is the, the viral one now. So, Hopefully, all the young uh, Disney Plus watchers are, are happy that they got a little bit of uh, a, a shout-out there in the animated category. I don't know, man. Um, a lot of people pointing out that Disney has now taken, I think, nine out of the last ten uh, trophies for Best Animated Feature. And I don't personally feel like there's any like nefarious thing happening. Uh, I think it's just evidence of... The, the so much of the town works for for Disney and particularly like animators probably have uh, I, I assume many animators have gone through Pixar over the years and you know you you develop some allegiances and and they've also developed a reputation and a house style that that connects with Oscar voters. It's I feel like Pixar has just kind of redefined what people expect from the animated film category and it's it's resulted in the winners being less exciting. Nah, bro. And it's hosted on ABC, man. Yeah, no, it's I'm, I'm done with it, bro. You know how much I wanted Wolfwalkers. I really wanted Mitchells. Yeah, yeah. I am still mad about Lego Movie, but hey, shout out to them. I think we're down to our final one, dude. One out of six for King Richard, but it won the one that I think people were rooting for the most. 
we wrap it kind of with the same guy we were discussing at the beginning. Yep. Big Willie coming in, best actor. Zach, everything to the side, it's 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 Sunday morning, and you're going into it. He was your winner, right? He was your pick. He was my pick. I've Look, I've been a big supporter of Will Smith's for a while. Like, I think he's generally underrated as an actor. I think he's got more... Uh, more tools in his belt than people typically give him credit for. And I think King Richard was a good example of uh, just the versatility that he can show when he's asked to do it. So I was excited for for him to kind of get what feels like a long time coming award and, and this sort of culmination of of his abilities as a serious actor. Like he's he's talked about how he's fair, he really does want to be taken seriously in, in that context. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I I it I guess it's cool that it happened. It it just like Smith ended up ruining the moment for himself. I feel like definitely took a lot away from it. I guess in retrospect, attention is still attention. I guess for some yeah. people, I did find the speech to have hit. It would have hit a lot more considering the stuff he said about love and being a vessel and all this. If it wasn't obviously for the incident, but the way he... by an act of act of i don't know physical altercation i don't want to call it violence brother the man the man the man quoted the conjuring three instead of the devil the devil made me do it yeah shouts to denzel denzel i, the I true, had to laugh with that a little bit denzel's the true oscars hero you know he, i was listening to uh jimmy kimmel talking to bill simmons uh and uh when that whole moonlight fiasco happened denzel was in the front row telling jimmy kimmel to do so once again putting denzel in the front row of your award show helps uh smooth over a lot of chaos let him produce it, honestly, yeah. at this point. Let him produce it. But uh, even in that win, one of the things that I really loved seeing was Denzel's, you know, big cheering for him because uh, for a lot of the previous ones, they've been in competition with each other. And uh, Denzel killed it in his performance too, by the way. Um, I really like the Macbeth bit. Uh, I think you had quote tweeted this. What an exit thing. Be because someone had to utter that name, I'm starting to believe it really is a curse, right? Mm -hmm. Not just with what happened. Bro, yeah. when so, I went to my screening... Uh, just just to, to frame it for some people who might not know... Uh, we have had a glitch, too, because I said it. Oh, my goodness. I apologize. <laughs> uh, so, uh, obviously... We're about to get copyrighted. Uh, there, there is a tradition in the theater that actors don't like to say the name of, of that play. Uh, Macbeth, we're not on the stage. Or at least, I think you're not supposed to say it from the stage. Um they refer, to it, yeah. they refer to it as the Scottish play because otherwise there's like a haunting or it's superstitious, right? So mm -hmm. Chris Rock goes on stage, looks at Denzel and goes, Macbeth, and then everything spiles out from there. Uh, um, not, <laughs> I mean, uh, so then I retweeted the joke that's like, that's why we call it the Scottish play. So but I thought that was one Beautiful. of the best comments of the night. It is. That's a really good one. Uh, it's already on the wiki. It's already on the wiki, bro. Oh, so the last update for the curse was for uh, Hereditary and how what's his name had said it. Uh, one of the Naked Brothers, Woof. Uh, oh, and then the lights just burst. So they added a new entry for it. I need to add mine too. When I went to go see the movie, man, I was there an hour early. <laughs> but I said hi. I'm here for. And guess where I was in an IMAX theater front row like this. It's real, guys. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's I can yeah. attest to it. I we got we got to refer to it as the tragedy of the Scottish play from now on. The, the tragedy of yeah. Denzel was great in that performance. Obviously, I was. I thought Benedict was really good. My favorite was Andrew Garfield. I I loved his performance in it. But obviously, at the end of it all, Will took it. I 
before everything, I, I was rooting for him the most. I wanted to see this win. It's been a long time coming. I, I agree in the chat they were talking about Pursuit of Happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky had mentioned it. Yeah, it's another one where I thought he was fantastic Same. in it. We'll see how it all plays out. You know, I, I, I've always seen Will as, as like, the person who turns the other cheek, ironically. You know, not the one who turns cheeks. And to see him go out there um, and give that speech, I just felt it would have hit harder uh, if he had was really walking that talk. I felt like the whole point of King Richard uh, was embodied in everything he's done his whole career leading up to that. I think the thing that we also haven't talked about yet is just the general weirdness of the slap incident occurring and then and everybody in anything? the room and everybody at home knowing that Will Smith is going to win Best Actor about 20 minutes later um, and what's going to happen. And just the... That's I, why I didn't take him out. Like... I, I gotta say, like that was like a terribly uncomfortable twenty minutes. I don't think I've been ever, I've ever been more unsettled watching an Oscars broadcast than those twenty minutes. Matt Damon goes up and smacks Mark Wahlberg. They taking that boy out. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they taking that man out. Yeah. Ah, hey, I'm happy for him. I think, it, kind of. Yeah, I, I'm glad he got his, <laughs> I'm glad he got his award, and I hope he uses this as a lesson. Jaden, stop tweeting. Oh my God. Jaden, stop. Please. Did you see Jaden's tweet? Any of y'all? Go see Jaden's tweet. The boy got clowned. He thought he was making a statement. The boy got clowned in the responses. Yeah. Shout out to all the winners. Overall, it was the messiest Oscars. I know sure. it's the one that made you feel the worst, but I, I still think I'm, it was, in terms of the awards, there's a lot that I was happy for. It was really cool to see Riz win one. Yeah. I loved all the Dune awards, and... Uh, yeah, it was half and half in terms of what the hosts were able to bring to it. I really loved seeing the clips again. I know a lot of people in the chat were discussing how uh, they really liked when the directors came out and spoke. I love that. Mm-hmm. Bro, why why weren't the previous winners announcing and handing it on? That's one of my favorite parts of like know. the previous winner handing it to the next person. Uh, there's a lot of things that they could do in the future. One of them is to fully go streaming, which I feel it should. The second is to really take advantage of making a more seamless broadcast if you're already deciding. Do we have the numbers on the ratings, how much it went up? Cause yeah, so um, last year the ratings were around 10 million. I, I, my computer's going to lag while I try and pull it up, but I'll do my best. Uh, they're up to a little bit over 15 million. So while it is like a 60% increase enough. On, on last year's, it still is... Um, about four million less than what the two previous Oscars were. Uh, so, like, it's still it's still part of an overall big trend down. I think basically, I personally attribute it to a lot of the movies were more widely seen this year as opposed to last year when it was just a very strange year uh, for movies. Um, I kind of feel like oddly the the this whole incident with Smith will work in the ratings favor for next year in that like the, the same way that the Steve Harvey incident drew attention to future what was it a uh, Miss World Miss Universe mhm yeah i feel you there so with all that too comes the idea that we're going to continue to see those watch mojo bits we're going to see those twitter uh winners we're going to see more montages yeah. and we're going to see Sadly, I guess these awards being cut i just hope that if they're cutting it like you were saying expanding it and making a longer event Still broadcast those. Why not? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I, I, there was a uh, a suggestion that I saw on Twitter that I liked quite a bit, talking about like if you really want to 
first of all, the the big thing is like they have to abandon this idea that the show has to be three hours. I think that you have to just fully embrace that this is a four hour show. Like if if people are going to tune in, uh, they're not going to not tune in because it's four hours long, right? Like this is a this is a Sunday night. People half watch it a lot of times anyway. Start it early. We ain't dealing with watch time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, like, the people are tuning into the red carpet broadcast a lot of the time anyway. Like, why can't that just be an extra hour of awards? I, I, in that way, like, you give things a little bit room to breathe. You don't have to cut categories. Like, if you want, put all the technical categories in the first two hours and put all the celebrities in the final two hours and be like, hey, Beyonce is going to perform at 9 p.m. That's when things really kick off or whatever. They blew their load. Yeah, They blew their load immediately with doing that as well. That made no sense. But I caught the first two and a half hours of the pre-show, Zach, they just replay interviews. So there yeah. really, literally is real estate there. And then there. putting a live stamp on them. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot more that they could do. Uh, I hope they take this and they're able to make an even better broadcast for the future. I hope that more people tune in. Even with everything that happened, hopefully, you know, it turns out for the good. I hope these two fix their stuff. Yes. Uh, I know Diddy's hard at work with that, <laughs> making sure that everything's okay. Um, but in terms of it all, I'm happy for all of the winners. Shout out Questlove. Jessica, please pick better roles. And uh, catch Dune. Catch yeah. Power the Dog. Catch Drive My Car. Hopefully a lot of these movies that may have not been on your radar um, are on your radar. And we live in we live in a time where, dude, 2022 was great because all of these movies you can stream right now from the comfort of your own home. It's never been like that before. And I really yeah. appreciate that. I love that. Yeah, it's a, definitely an exciting time. It's very easy to catch up with a lot of the films. I, I do feel like this is... <laughs> maybe one of the worst crops of winners we've had at the Oscars beyond it being a really bad uh, production too. So that, that feeds into my um, cynicism with these awards. Uh, before we wrap things up here, do we want to take just a couple questions and uh, and then we can get to our monthly patron hangout for the, the good people supporting the show over on patreon.com slash intercutpod for as little as $1 a month? Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we got a question from Connor. Uh, asking when do you think PTA wins his Oscar? Uh, I kind of feel like he it almost happened this year. I think they're desperate to to give him one, and as soon as he can make a film that has some consensus around it, um, not even like a big consensus, just a little bit more than like a film that generates this kind of uh, backlash in terms of uh, some of the some of the group people who've been offended by Licorice Pizza. He just if he can just get a film through the award cycle a little more cleanly, I think he wins. The problem is I don't know if that's something that's PTA is very interested in or that motivates his writing. I think he kind of likes messy. He doesn't care. Yeah, messy kind of dirty uh, ideas and and pushing uh, on the envelope a little bit, pushing people's buttons. You know, he's not he's not necessarily thought of as a provocateur in his filmmaking, but there's a lot of provocative things in those movies like what what is the the really like easy easily lovable film in his catalog um i'm not so like licorice pizza kind of felt like the closest and even then he found ways to make people hate it so um it's when he puts tiffany haddish in a movie man yeah he's been talking about it and Ooh, that'd be great. Uh, I can see that being where he gets his run. Uh, on top of that, if y'all haven't seen Tiffany Haddish, just search up Tiffany Haddish, Oscar reporter. Did you hear that? I'm going to have to send it to you, Zach. Yep. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Search that up. 
Uh, Yasin asked, do you guys think they should take Will's Oscar? Because that would be wild. There was a report in the New York Post that uh, maybe no. it's being considered or it could be against the guidelines to take away his Oscar. Uh, I, I think I heard you just That's say worse. no. I, I, I also agree. Like, I Y'all going to take it from Roman? <laughs> Y'all going to take it from all the other fools? No. Right. And like, I think if this is the one where they, no. And I think at a certain point, like, the performance is the performance. The film is the film. Like I think it's a little bit like taking away uh, home run records in baseball. It's like it, it still happened, right? Like yes, I, you can put an asterisk around it if you want, but it still yeah. happened. I think what they could and maybe should do is uh, remove, take away his Academy membership because like he's disrupted an Academy Awards yeah. event. Um, I, I think it's it's totally called for, to be honest. That doesn't mean he can't be invited in the future. That doesn't mean he can't be awarded if he's uh, uh, if he's a whatever. But they've they've set this precedent with the way they've handled some of these controversial filmmakers, right? Like uh, Polanski. I'm pretty sure Polanski's membership was revoked a couple of years ago. Um, That's like an actual crime, though, bro. That's like an actual crime. We're talking about a disruption to an event. And to me, what should have happened was at the moment you take away his speech, I agree with you, because the award is meant to honor the performance. The Oscars have never had an issue separating the art from the artist. Mm -hmm. So his award is still his award. But it happened before his speech. The one thing you should have done was to take away his ability to speak at the event. He didn't do it. He gave a speech. What else can you do? You, You did your little tweet about not condoning violence. Okay, Academy. Um, there's no, I don't know. There's nothing more you could do. Let them handle it now. Yeah. Let them handle it. Uh, Pink Sweets asked, when Coda premiered at Sundance, did the characters use Apple iPhones or were those uh, later edited in when Apple bought it? I, I feel like they used them, but I, I don't know. Do you, do you know this? Well, that's what I was telling you, that yeah. I there is a lot of behind the scenes where they mention the support they got from Apple. But as far as we know... They came to pick it up. I don't know, dude. Sometimes it works really weird. Yeah. You know, you got silent producers. You got a bunch of solve other things. Uh, I just found a copy of some. This is gonna be the first time people hear this. It is adapted. I yep. found the original French film. And it's, uh, it's so many parts are almost shot for shot, which also makes me like the film less than I did when I first watched it. But whatever. I'll be working on a little on a little video for that one. Yeah. So yeah, just know that, that that is out there. So they did have that support already in an adaptation, but hey. Apple's more slick than you think, I'll say that. I'll leave it there. Uh, TMNT Attic asks, have your opinions of the Oscars ever gone downhill, or did they as of last night? I I do think that they've been going downhill in some ways. There have been all these sort of, like, desperate attempts at catering to an audience that is not interested in the Oscars in the first place at, at the expense of the people who are genuinely interested in the Oscars. I think it's been kind of like a, a thing that's been slowly bleeding out over the years, and this is this yeah. is the worst it's ever been. But I do think this was a, a dramatic drop-off. I'll say that. We'll see. Cybotico yeah. uh, asks, do you think the Oscars work better without hosts compared to with? I You know, it's interesting because I think the hosts last night uh, while I did sort of appreciate having hosts, they were not very, not very um, intrusive. It felt like we would go long, long stretches without seeing them. And I feel like as the years have gone on, the host is less of a host than they used to be. You know, it's not Billy Crystal yeah. coming in and bumping to every commercial. It, it's, it's really just you come on stage at the beginning and then you do like 
two, three bits throughout. So I do kind of like, I, I like that. I like giving, uh, I like being able to return to some things. And I think a good host is able to then, uh, because they're coming back, you know, kind of give you some sort of narrative throughout the night. Jimmy Kimmel was very good at responding to the energy of the night uh, in a way that made you feel like you're at, you're watching a progression of a show. Um, so I like I like having hosts. Uh, I just I don't know. I, I think they don't need to be a huge part of the show. I kind of like, um, especially as we're now trying to figure out how do you cut down the show. Like I don't think we need. As many, you you punch the produ- the presenters you don't like, and you move on to the next yeah. one. That's what you do. We don't need any long bits um, that are like only mildly they, funny, yes. but like cut the bits. Quick bro. jokes in between are really helpful, and I think a host that's a stand-up comedian typically is good at doing that kind of stuff. We just need really good producers on it. Yeah. Um, Magnitude asks, y'all think that Cha-Cha Real Smooth will be a Best Picture nom because of CODA's win? Cha-Cha Real Smooth was, of course, the big picked up out of Sundance. This year, also going to Apple TV+, Plus. also recently revealed that that will be a summer release like CODA was, and this is a similarly crowd-pleasing film. I think the the biggest difference in terms of how uh, Apple could potentially approach an awards run for this and CODA is that CODA has that built-in, like, this is an important film thing, which got it really far. Like, if this is representing a underrepresented community, this is a story you haven't seen before in a way that just Cha-Cha can't do. There's nothing that's really It can. Bad. It can. How? It can. How? It can. Representation it can. for guys who love their moms? One, yes, Zach. But two, uh, no, it's, it, it's a disability movie as well. It is a movie about his own sibling who has a disability and how he wanted to project that on screen. The reason it's an excellent movie is because it doesn't feel that way. So the worst thing, and we're going to say it right here, right now, the worst thing they can do is bastardize the marketing to have it fill that checkbox, Zach. So I really hope that doesn't happen because that is 100% something that they could do. And he made a fantastic film by not having it be that. That was his whole purpose of approaching that movie. So it's there, Zach. And if they do it, then that's really scummy. However, this is really big for Sundance. Oh yeah, no, this is this is a huge thing for Sundance because uh, lots of films have gone to pre- have premiered at TIFF or premiered at Telluride and Venice and Cannes and gone on for major award success. That this is unusual for Sundance, and I think it's hopefully going to be a sign for filmmakers that they can launch their films pretty successfully at Sundance. Yeah, so we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think that Cha-Cha Real Smooth is not the kind of film that really is going to be put into these types of talks. I think it's just, it's, it's, it's sweet and it's nice, uh, which are adjectives that I use for CODA, so I don't know what I'm saying. But uh, I, I just think it's, it's a little bit more coming of age and we don't normally see like the, the post-college coming of age story represented in awards discussion, and, and, and I don't know. A lot of people are really hey, connected with it, winner. though, and I, I, I yeah. didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have the same reaction to it out of Sundance that like people like you and Amanda did. So maybe people will just really, really love this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all that matters nowadays. Yeah. So to wrap it up with a couple there. I know Magnitude had mentioned the In Memoriam. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, we're just on the idea that it, that the focus should never be taken away from the names up on screen. Uh, I know Zach 
didn't like it as much. I, I get why they went yeah. to the the portion of celebrating life because you know people grieve in different ways. Uh, and then I don't know if you want to wrap it up with Devesh who says, "Now the Oscar seasons is officially done. Are you ready to clean your palate with a good old Michael Morbius?" Someone had mentioned uh, we're going to do a, a a where did that come from? Uh, someone was talking about the idea, uh, or sorry, someone was mentioning if we were going to do a uh, weekly must-watch. We're pushing it, obviously, since this was an entire oscar right. filled episode reaction. But we'll be doing that Wednesday because I will be catching it on Wednesday at 2 p.m. I'll be coming out fresh. The embargo uh, releases at 7, so around 7-ish Central Standard yes. Time. Uh, we'll be doing a little weekend must-watch going back through some of the good movies. We have some good TV shows. I'm looking at the entire thing I had ready for today, but obviously, you know, Oscar time causes stuff to be pushed. But damn, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, so, that's the thing is like, I, there's so many things that I'm excited to talk to you about with what we're watching, and I'd like, I'm just not in the mood to do it today. But we'll do it on Wednesday, and uh, I'm excited to to get into some Daniels and some more stuff with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's those are most of our thoughts on the Oscars. We will continue to decompress with the intercuties who our Patreon patrons uh, in our Google meetings. So you can over, head over to patreon.com slash intercutpod again to support the show. You can also head over to intercutpod on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram to follow us on social media to get updates throughout the week. You can head over to our Discord, which is linked in the description for this episode uh, where we continue the discussion going all week. I popped in there during the Oscars last night, which uh, we had a good discussion going. Thank you to all the intercuties who were... Uh, who provided their commentary and we're, we're in there. So uh, got a little cool community going in, in the Discord, so make sure to check that out. Uh, you can check out more from me, at Zshevich, Z-S-H-E-V, as in Venus Williams, I-C-H. Uh, or you can find more from me on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash multiplex show. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find me over at LME Explain on YouTube, on Twitter, on Letterboxd, or every week here on the Intricut Podcast. Uh, you can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on whatever. Uh, we just did our transition to Anchor, so hopefully you're still uh, subscribed to that audio feed. Uh, but also subscribe to our video feed, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can get uh, where you can see our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest entertainment. We normally do our weekend must-watches every Monday at 3 p.m. As Art mentioned, we're pushing that one to uh, Wednesday this week, so make sure you tune back in. Um, that's all for this week's episode. And until next time, what was the, what was the Will Smith thing that Denzel told him? Do you remember it? I don't, I don't remember it. When you're at your highest point, be careful. Cause that's when the devil comes in to tempt you, to drop you, to fall you, something like that, <laughs> to slap you out of your wind. Practically. It's a, it's a great quote. Kind of wish it came it's during a, a different quote. moment. It's a great Same. quote. Denzel. Shout out Denzel. Uncle Denzel. <laughs>